And we're back again. Another hockey podcast. Uh, first, getting better at getting uh, more consistent of these uh, hockey podcasts, which is there's more stuff to talk about. Well, th- not that there wasn't stuff to talk about beforehand, but there was a, there was a little bit of time there where we were just because of schedule and conflicts and stuff like that. We were a couple of weeks yeah, there during right. the end of the season. <laughs> Lots of guys of virus weren't playing well. We didn't really want yeah. that to be too depressed. Um, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm very depressed um, enough as a Philadelphia fan. <laughs> yes. Um, but speaking of Flyers, their uh, their uh, schedule came out today. I was just going to mention that, and it sounds like the NHL, once again, has not done any favors for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, looking at, uh, I think it was uh, Anthony Sanfilippo from uh, Crossing Broad, he mentioned the Flyers uh, have only one home game against Pittsburgh, which is odd. Uh, it's a Black Friday game, which is usually like a 10, 11 o'clock game because it's a random. Only two division home games after the Super Bowl. Only three of the final 13, game, 13 games excuse me, uh, versus the Metro. And then three road games versus the West in the final six. Oh, and 14 back-to-back games. I mean, the back-to-backs will be rough, but when I hear that schedule, the only thing that screams out to me is that um... – they the flyers are just going to be bad, so they didn't really give them that favorable of a schedule or that interesting of a schedule. But the still, end. even when they were good, they still got a kind of a crappy schedule. Yeah. But... So yeah, it's not like then a lot of teams are going to have a bunch of back to backs anyway. So it's just the nature of the game. The only reason why this past season it felt like a lot of teams had more is because of COVID and COVID may still be an issue for next season too. Um, there were just a lot of cancellations for postponements. So that's why a, we have July 6th or July 7th being draft day and not July 1st being um, free agency day, which free agency should have been, I believe next week. Yes, it starts. So tomorrow, first things first, NHL draft, of course, round one in Montreal. Uh, uh, to be specific, one day, 52 minutes and 35 seconds. But who is counting? Cap friendly. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, good save. Uh, and then free agency officially begins July 13th at 12 o'clock Eastern time uh, to be specific, obviously noon. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's it's a lot happening, still a lot of things in the works. Um yeah, I don't even know where to really begin, except for I guess really the draft. Um, yeah. I will say, and we also we previewed it last time. But I think this one's just going to be a this draft one's going to be less exactly. So small, um, smaller draft preview because I went pretty heavy on it last time. Uh, also, take a look at sportstalkphilly.com. Uh, my uh, latest mock draft should be on there um, by now. I would imagine if not, it will get posted before the actual draft tomorrow. You would hope. Um, so that is, of course, the hope. Um, so. Looking at the top prospects, of course. Okay, perfect. It is posted. Uh, top pr- prospects, you have Shane Wright, Yaroslav Kosky, uh, Logan Cooley, Simon Nemich, David Yurichek, Cutter Gauthier. Uh, really, in these top six are probably the players you would expect to see, in again, in this top six. Um, I would say for Philadelphia, realistically, the best names to really look at is Simon Nemec, David Yurichek, Petr Gauthier, 
I prefer him. Um, I actually have him dropping quite a bit until 11th, which uh, at the time I kind of forgot about. um, Matthew Savoy. uh, For for possible Flyers picks. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have uh, in my mock draft, I have the Flyers taking David Yerichek. And I'll ask the question now that way you have some time to think about it. Uh, What are the Philadelphia Flyers' biggest draft needs? And essentially, who should they take? Um, that kind of falls in the same question. I'll let you think about that for a second. So I think Montreal is going to take Slavkovsky first overall. Um, they really seem to be kind of questioning the whole Shane Wright draft pick for some reason. I think here's, I got the, I, I thought I heard this from um, Elliot Freeman's 32 thoughts podcast the other day. He made a great point and I wanted to kind of reiterate it. Uh, a lot of the times I think scouts, GMs, management they overthink these things especially the first overall pick when it's kind of a toss-up you know like there's obviously there's no Connor McDavid's no Austin Matthews in this draft class that's not even close to being the case but in a lot of other draft classes there's like oh who's your clear number one who's your clear number two Shane Wright has been a number one overall draft pick consensus for a solid year if not year and a half for this draft now and I think Montreal, and I agree with Elliot Freeman on this one. He said that basically it seems like Montreal's kind of overthinking. He says, don't overthink it. Just pick Shane Wright. It should be Shane Wright. It's always been Shane Wright. It absolutely should be. Um, but so with those little doubts create kind of creeping up for Montreal, I really do think the Canadians are going to select Yaroslav Koski. Um In my mock draft, I do have the Devils at this point, best player available in Shane Wright. I don't think they really need a center, but yeah, I was gonna, you're, I you're think they gifted really Shane Wright. You're not going to say no, but that's just my opinion. What's crazy you is... You want to say no, but at the same time, the Devils, like the flyer, Flyers, I think, are familiar with the fact that just because you draft a center high doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be anything. And this is true. Um, um, and we'll I guess see what that happens. other point is what they want at that point. And, the, and this is just a thing yeah. all of these especially the top three picks or whoever kind of have to go with is yeah there's that great thought of going best player available but for the devils do you really want to go for the third draft pretty much third draft not in a row but where you had at least a top six or better you went with the center is right. that the method again or is it just at that point um become becoming repetitive and not really fixing everything you need besides just centers because i think you like i think for new jersey's sake i don't think like center is i guess still kind of an issue but mm-hmm. he sure is becoming a better player jack hughes is becoming a better player yeah so already got two centers there um i know there's rumors about um zaka potentially being dealt uh, which could give you a couple, mm-hmm. maybe draft picks or maybe same thing with Jesper. Jesper brought. Uh, I don't know if um, he plays wing or center, but still, there's another roster spot exactly. that could potentially yeah. go to him. And this is already a young team, young team to begin with. I think yeah. I'm probably wrong on this, but I think average age wise, they were one of, if not the youngest team in the league. That, that, that sounds about right because they've been drafting obviously very high the last several years, and that helps get your age group yeah. lower. And I know you just got. Dougie Hamilton and mm-hmm. 
I assume you'll still have P.K. Subban. I think he might be there one more year. He has free agent this year. I, I think he's testing free agency, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but either way, you, you may just be down him. So I would honestly think if I was New Jersey, I'd be looking may, maybe more D or maybe some wing help. And and you're not but wrong just there. Me. And you're not wrong there because some other analysts and other you know, top end sites and everything, they have um, yeah, uh, Subban will officially be at UFA at uh, the end of his $9 million deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's finally over. Yeah. Um, so what's anyway. our good buddy Tom Fitz Tom Fitzgerald. Yeah. No relation. <laughs> uh, I, something but. tells me, so, here, here's the problem. He could do anything with this. He could take Shane Wright if he falls to two. He could take Yaroslav Koski if Shane Wright goes first overall. He could take David Yerchuk, a defenseman, like you mentioned, uh, second overall, which isn't far-fetched. A lot of other analysts have been saying they should take Demon as well, or, or instead... Or they might trade the pick. Um, there's been a lot of rumors for Vancouver trying to get rid of JT Miller. I doubt it. It's going to take a lot more than just him. And, and probably I, I don't know pick. how strong these rumors are. There was, I, I want to say it was on Frank Cervelli's trade yeah. board or trade list or whatever. That Not that they may have just been taking calls, but that that second overall pick may be up for grabs if the deals right kind of thing oh no it definitely is up for grabs i think that new jersey think they'll, add, they'll end really, up keeping it and drafting yeah. obviously but that's still out in the air too i think that if anything wows them they're probably going to wait to announce it at the draft now at least just that's how i kind of see it because that's anytime a big pick like this gets traded that's that's my guess um <clears throat> excuse me so I do. I could see them taking David Yerchek. I've I've always been kind of going back and forth between him and Simon Nemich. I've always preferred Nemich. I feel like he's the better player now. Whoever has a higher ceiling, that could be Yerchek further down the road. Either way, if new if you're in New Jersey, like you're in a great spot here. If you take a pick, you get an elite player, and probably Shane Wright, Yaroslav Kovsky. Uh, you could trade it and get a haul. Um, of assets, uh, maybe even an NHL ready player now, or just a proven player like a JT Miller, I would say, and we talked about this idea briefly, what would you say to this deal if you're New Jersey? Uh, the um, Vancouver Canucks trade 15th overall pick along with uh, JT Miller and probably second, because again, you're jumping 13 spots. You probably know, I would say the 15th overall Miller, a prospect and a second round pick for the second overall pick. I don't know know. how much the devils are looking. Yeah. If it's, if that's me and that's the offer, it's just, it's a hard no. But again, here's the question is I would imagine that's at least a starting offer. It's a starting point. Yeah. It's a starting offer. But But if you're in Jersey at that point, you're just going to, it depends on how, Willing, if you're at that point, or if you're where New Jersey is, and being realistic in terms of the of their return, because they could say, "Oh, we right. want a, we want like at least three picks, we want a prospect, and mm-hmm. we want a ready NHL player." And I think that's very. And some again, people will say that's of, too much. Yeah. Some will say that's 
if you want the second overall pick, you have to. That's the price you're going to make. Yeah, yeah, you have to give up some to get some kind of thing. Yeah, um, especially if there's someone at two, you're like, I, I, this is my only chance of getting this guy because where I am the draft, it's probably not going to be there. Here's my thing. I could realistically see Vancouver making a strong push. For... This is my. This is actually why I think you may yeah. be right, and then wait until the last minute. Because if uh, if what's his face, I always forget his name. Who's potentially going first overall? Um, uh, Shane Wright. Shane Wright. If Shane Wright doesn't go first overall, I think they may get bombarded with calls. That's exactly what I'm thinking, and they are going to be living it up now. JT Miller is mainly left winger. He also does play center. So, uh, again, your centers are Bo Horvat, Elias Pettersson, Jason Dickinson, Justin Dowling, and Brad Richardson as of right now. They don't have that many centers on their NHL yeah, roster right now. because Elias Pettersson's become going into the orange and black jersey. Exactly. So they're going to get worse. Um, so with that being said, though, regardless, not I, I, don't, under, I don't know too much about Vancouver's system. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to let you know. I'm not too familiar with their, with their prospect pool. However, if you can add a guy like Shane Wright who's ready now to make an impact, he's going to he's going to light it up in Vancouver. Imagine, you know, being with uh, Bo Horvat or, or Brock Besser or, or Elias Pettersson, just you know, being in that top six and yeah. everything. And, and, and for the record, for that. anyone wondering, Vancouver has the fifteenth overall pick. Yes, so I would say if Yaroslavkovsky goes for several to Montreal, which I'm predicting will happen. The moment they make that pick, New Jersey is getting calls left and right, and and I calls guarantee are, you, that. you know, because everyone's working right next to each other, someone's going to walk over and say, "Hey, oh no, for sure, no, <laughs> absolutely." Um, well, so the only the only other thing is like the only other reason why it, they would be talking like right next to them, and they would have to literally run back to, um, because I don't even think like you could take a timeout. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. There is. I think yeah. they. I, oh, remember, I think it was uh, maybe it's the NFL. I know one of them has some type of timeout that you can. I can't remember. Can add, yeah, add like I'm, an I'm additional sure. like minute or two or something. Like right, that. but still, you're going to need as much time as possible to say, "Hey, here's our deal. This is legitimate and everything." And, and, and if you're in New Jersey, say, "Okay, this is an actual legitimate deal." For the second overall pick, or AKA, but that's right. what they also have to be prepared for too. Is that that just kind right. of working out each scenario, just draft wise, how they could work? So right. if so that's if that situation one. happens and they start getting calls, they have to come to an agreement of what's the best offer we can get for that, our dream right. offer versus what would we be able to settle on and kind and, of beat somewhere in there. Not only that, trade would work to work. But like, let's say if they're in the middle of finalizing the deal. And then all of a sudden they get another call and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And it's an even better call. Then you have to hang up and, and do that. And if you're not careful enough, you could lose track of time. Mm-hmm. And if, and, and that it has happened, I know in the NFL twice, but Minnesota both times, ironically, I think it's happened in the NHL once. I can't, I, I'm not you know, certain on it. I think that's what happened before, just like in the NFL. Once that hit zero and you're, picks not in i'm pretty sure it gets transferred to the next team mm-hmm. so anyways enough of new jersey we've talked about new jersey enough because you know we're flyers fans so you know we don't want to talk about new jersey still pissed <laughs> anyway third overall i think 
and again, this is where it gets really interesting. So the first two are locks. It's going to go Slavkovsky and Wright or Wright then Slavkovsky. I don't think those two are going to drop to the third and fourth overall pick. If they do, then that's a miracle for Arizona is in a remarkable spot. I'd say them and Seattle are in the best spots right now because Slavkovsky and Wright should guarantee you go into the top three. Logan Cooley ideally should be the third player taken in this draft. I've seen some mock drafts that have Cooley actually dropping fifth to Philadelphia. It's possible. If you add it up and look at the details, Slavkovsky goes first. Someone like Yerchuk goes second. You have Logan Cooley goes third. Shane Wright fourth. You have Logan Cooley going fifth to the Philadelphia Flyers. So you never know. Did you say Logan Cooley twice? I probably did. Yeah, I think he said third overall, Logan Cooley. Well, well no, so, so that, that's where he should go now. But I'm saying, um, it, 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 and I probably misspoke, but essentially, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Sofkowski goes first. It's possible. Someone like Eurocheck goes second. Um, oh, you know, I, I definitely did not. I think this. <laughs> Oh god! I was gonna it, say, are there are there two yeah. Logan Cooleys that I'm unaware there of? There are. There's <laughs> there's Logan Cooley and uh, Kogan Woolley. So mm-hmm. yeah, and they're they're both great players. Uh, anyway, so I think Arizona is a great spot right now. Seattle, they need a little bit of everything, so they could go. You think? W- oh team? my god! Yeah. Your team. So they need a winger. They need center. They go defense so they can't go wrong anywhere at fourth overall uh first and now comes the question what do the flyers need most i think it's two things a center or a defenseman um the more i think about it i actually do really like david yurichek at first i was very hesitant because he did have a pretty bad knee injury and required some pretty nasty surgery uh back in december um he recovered well he's been playing phenomenal since then Again, I can't help but keep getting, you know, you know PTSD from the Nolan Patrick draft yeah. and and everything. But uh, he's an offensive defenseman. Nemich is more at your stay at home, but Yurichek is has a lot of offensive firepower. The only other thing that worries me slightly, you could you could work on it, is his skating a bit. I think it needs some work. I'm not gonna lie. Other than that, love David Yurichek. Love what he brings uh, to the ice and everything. And um, if you're Philly, those are your top two guys for defense. There's no other better defenseman in this draft class besides David Yerchek or Simon Nemich. Um, if you don't take him, my best guess would be Matthew Savoy, the center. And this is where it gets worrisome. There are rumors to possibly take Cutter Gauthier, who's a big, strong, powerful left winger, which I don't mind. It's just... I think that's way too high of a pick to take him at five. Mm-hmm. Even six is a bit of a stretch, but I think Columbus kind of needs some wingers right now, so I think they're going to take him. Um, I I do worry that they'll take Gauthier. Their name has been linked to him lately in the uh, Flyers. Um, if you could, obviously, with fifth overall. And the nice thing is that there's been more and more reports that unless anything crazy happens, which it's not expected to, 
the Flyers are not trading for their role, especially in a blockbuster deal to the Chicago Blackhawks for Alex DeBrinkett, which is fine with me. Love to bring it, but not for the fifth overall pick in, in a deal like that. Um, if you are the Flyers, though, you could pick between center and defense. Which one are you going? Center. Yeah. Sure I mean, I, it, where, if it's best yeah. player available in terms of position center versus D, I, I'd choose D at that point. If yeah. those two guys just mentioned D are better than um, – uh, Gauthier or whoever the other guy is. Yeah, so Gauthier is left wing and then Matthew Savoy is Savoy. center. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Savoy is the better center overall. Oh, um, yeah, I think there was also, because I think Mitchell was saying, wasn't it also that Gauthier may potentially move over to center or something like that? I, I think was, I did hear yeah, that too. Which it doesn't make any sense. That That's it, just one I would try to want to avoid because I wouldn't want to I don't go, really want a project. Yeah, exactly. And And to quote a, a a a a baseball movie, not not your favorite one, um, but it's a, a trouble with the curve. Is do you really want to spend a, a you know basically a top pick on a project? So um, yeah. yeah, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. So first base is not hard. <laughs> Isn't that hard, right? <laughs> Just tell them. it's incredibly don't hard. Don't watch. It's incredibly hard. <laughs> That's one of my favorite quotes in Moneyball. Oh, and speaking of which, Moneyball. There has been so many memes lately. It's the greatest. Um, it's the scene where <laughs> uh, where <laughs> uh, Jenna Hill's character is telling Billy Bean about um, you know uh, one of the pitchers who throws uh, the summer. He's a submarine pitcher, yeah. and, and you know, it's like Billy. This is so and so. He's, you know, a submarine pitcher and, you know, his one defect is he throws funny or something like that. So this, this one Twitter page, Petrov McGuire says, Billy, this is JT Miller. He's a center that fits the Bruins culture like no other skill, speed, grit. He's got it all. His one defect is that he's not from Boston. <laughs> I did see that. There, there's so, there's that one. And then there's, uh, there's so many great ones. There's, this is Yessi Pugliari. He's a right winger. He was one of the most undervalued players in hockey. His defect is that he sticks his tongue in his nose and has a personality. <laughs> <laughs> Just random stuff like that. It, it's amazing. Um, but back to the draft, though. Final thoughts. I prefer center, um, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Again, I I go center. But if the if, in your opinion, just of what you've heard from experts and what you've seen, just stat wise or anything, any yeah. center or anything, who in that sense would you prefer just if it's those two defensemen or that they're Nemec or, or uh, whoever yeah, so, so the, or yeah. uh, whoever the other dude was so I don't know good. names I'm not good at you're good um all right so recap here real quick defense wise you have Simon Nemec and David Juracek is the top two defensemen uh Cutter Goche is the left winger however he's been rumored to want yeah. to potentially move to center and then center-wise, you have uh, Matthew Savoy, and I highly doubt it, but I have, I have a wild card that I'll get to in a second. Um, out of all those picks, I'm taking Matthew Savoy at center. That's my main preference. He's a better overall player at that point? Out of those I would guys? say so. Um, probably for... It, it's, it's so tough, because what worries me is that it, now, as I will say, it depends on who's available. 
if uh, so like the Corey Promins athletic uh, from the athletic um, says your chick will go to New Jersey at two. If that's the case, then they'll probably go someone like Matthew Savoy. Now, my wild card is if and only if he's available and falls to truly, truly falls number five, like Pronman is predicting for the athletic. If Logan Cooley is there, the Flyers should absolutely take Logan Cooley because that is basically someone giving you 20 bucks and says, oh, you know, here's another 50 or, you know, here's another 50 for your trouble kind of thing. I think, honestly, besides Lukoski, he's the best pure all around talented player in this draft. I love Shane Wright. I still think this is his draft, but he's probably the. He's easily by far the second best center. You could argue the first best center. Just the best center in this draft. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So my main. I think there'd be more confidence and right if one there was because obviously during the pandemic and everything there was no junior year or juniors that year. There's that. And then when they resumed and everything came back, he was off to a slow start. And, and everything. here's so his the stats other thing that a lot of people... Great. So I think that's why a lot of people have not necessarily demoted him, but are a little more hesitant to say number one overall. But I also yeah. feel like that's what most teams try to do when they're first overall is, oh, who am I going to pick? I don't know. Unless it's like Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews, they're going to play a little <laughs> trick of, oh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Just to keep people kind of honest, and, or and you're not wrong. You you're not wrong. Thing. It's certainly possible. Um, here's the only other thing I will say that people forget all the time: Shane Wright got exceptional status to play in the OHL at just 16. It's very rare to see young kids do that. So that means also, and again, Elliot Freeman brought this up at 32 Thoughts podcast. Uh, that also means there is an extra year for scouts, GMs fans management to keep an eye out for you and just watch your game and really nitpick it. I think that's what Montreal has done and said, okay, let's go all the way back to when he's exceptional stats and they've had so many eyes on him. And even before they got first overall pick, they probably had their eyes on him for quite a while and saying, we could potentially get this guy. Let's just keep an eye on, see how he progresses. If he, his game drops or anything like that. So I think they've been watching his game almost a little too closely, which is fine. It's just even Connor McDavid had his flaws and everything like that. So like at a younger age, so it's it's just another given year of just finding more about the player and more flaws in his game. Sure, you see him more, but at the same time, it's like you're literally nitpicking at it. You can nitpick, as much but as you can. As the the thing that you can do there is <laughs> if that player is good enough to know. Not just what his strengths are and work on those, right. but if he can work on those weaknesses a little bit and in that short amount of time, how much is that improved? And is there, or how much would that person then be willing to? And maybe this is a question I would have asked if I was one of the scouts or the GM, whoever, when they were doing their combine or asking questions right. about these guys is, all right, so just in terms of how or how they go about, um, taking criticism and stuff like that, or right. are they willing to work with coaches and everything to become a better player? Right. Uh, final thoughts on centers wise, just comparison. Um, Matthew Spoy is five, nine, 170 pounds, uh, elite skill, puck on string, um, you know, high 
and offensive upside. Uh, he'll likely always have holes in his game defensively, so he's mainly a purely offensive player. Like, so he's not he's not like a Patrice Bergeron, Chunk, or a Mark Shifley esque player where he's it's going to be your dominant two like two way player. Now for Logan uh, Cooley, um, he at times uh, so so wait, just going back to yeah. the quick one. So he's going to be like early in his career, Sean Couturier, not like probably plus points or. I, um, first of all, I think realistically he might struggle in the first year or two. It, it, it's a, always yeah, a huge yeah, yeah, transition, yeah. which makes sense. Um, yeah, Couturier didn't find his offense yet in the playoffs. He had a hat trick before he actually had a exactly. actual hat trick that counted. Right. Um, and then just kind of points wise, just to kind of give you a brief summary of how, how he plays. Uh, he was a plus 54 for starters. He had 90 points, 65 games with the Winnipeg ice. Um, and he had 35 goals, 55 assists. So he likes to dish the puck around clearly, but he can score. I don't know. I'm an asshole. Don't. Oh God. I'm trying to figure out who in that organization said, we need to come up with a name for this team. <laughs> And someone probably looked out a window. What's the closest thing that Amazon is like? Why not ice? Like, guys. Perfect. <laughs> it describes our city well. <laughs> I love it, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I 100 thought for a minute you were gonna bust my balls on something that I said. I'm like, oh god, what did I say now? No. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, um, Logan Cooley though. Uh, He's 5'11 and 180 pounds. So he's you know, weighs more. Um, he's a little bit taller as well. Um, he's a very confident player, plays with pace and skill. Um, points wise, he played for the United States. Um, uh, sorry, USNTDP, United States National Training Development Program uh, for the junior team this year. He put up 55 points in uh, 24 uh, games, 13 goals, 23. Uh, assists uh, for the national team, the U18 national, US national team, 75 points in 51 games, plus 38 uh, for them, and a plus 19 for the junior team. Um, so, again, they both can put up points, but I think for Logan Cooley, you'll probably, again, he especially in the power play, he picks opponents part in smaller areas. Um, so, I would really say that whoever is able to draft Logan Cooley they're going to be set for quite some time. Like I'll put it this way. If he were to be in the 2017 draft, and again, at the time you would think his year or Nolan Patrick, who would go one. If Logan Cooley was in that draft at that time, it would be Logan Cooley without a doubt. Like he he's, he's, he's going to be a player. He's going to make an immediate impact. It's uh, like, I'm talking immediate like now all right so let me rephrase. when he gets to the league he'll make an immediate impact i personally think he has enough confidence and strength and every check uh check mark in the box to play in the league now it wouldn't surprise me if he goes i think they already said that he's going to college for at least a year so i wouldn't you know don't don't be worried if you see him go back to college again it's and that's something I knew it. <laughs> uh, and that's what I hate about a lot of these things nowadays with a lot of these picks. People freak out when they say, when they see a top pick, especially a top 10 pick, say, 
I'm actually heading back to college or I'm going back to junior for a year. Especially when they're never for development. Especially when they're first overall pick. Exactly. Like Owen Power was. He went back to Michigan. What do you know? He lit it up for Michigan. And towards the end of the season, he actually played with Buffalo. What do you know? Now he's going to be, you know. I mean, when that season ended, so it's like, what, two or three games? <laughs> exactly. But it's, and that's the other thing. It's like, well, why waste a year of his entry-level contract when you know they're going to have a horrible year anyway? There's no point. Right. So anyway. Uh, let's switch it up a bit. Uh, time for a fun uh, segment. Uh, Whitmer mentioned that um, you know before the podcast we started. Uh, he's a, an interesting question to want to ask him. You know, we, we talked about this um, one of the last podcasts. Is we, we're trying to in- incorporate more yeah, trivia questions for hockey. Yeah, yeah more, more fun questions. And everything. Yeah, this just isn't to, a, just this to switch isn't a trivia a thing. This isn't anything like that. Oh, I but, like trivia though. I know you do. Um, but it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with New Jersey and the second row for a pick. But if you were the, if you were a GM of the NHL team, right. I'm just talking in general, not necessarily yeah. this draft, just in general, mm-hmm. what would it take for you to, if you were in like the, just say top five where the flyers are or further, obviously the higher you up, the more value. So you right, know, right, right. What would realistically you see as, or what would you want that someone was posing you to say, I want that pick. What would you want in that trade? Okay. So, so you, just to confirm, you're talking about if someone approaches you to like, if I'm a GM in the NHL and a team approaches me by the top five pick, they say, okay, I want your top, your fifth overall pick. Let's just say yeah. affiliate purposes. Uh, what do you want in return? Obviously the higher in the draft, meaning yeah. fifth, fourth, third, second, second. first, so, your yeah. your value is going to be or, or return is going to be a lot bigger. Fifth overall, though, that's an interesting spot. It's certainly tradable, but you're still going to have to give up something for sure. I would say it, it now it depends on a couple of things. How no, we can we can take this draft class for example. How good is this draft? Where the Flyers, for example, are confident enough saying. Okay, like let, let's say if it's Vancouver at fifteen, um, maybe so it's. What if you're saying it's like, because all reports that I've heard and everything say yeah. next year's draft is supposed to be even more deep. Right. Would you want more picks for that? I one? would say yeah. So I would say um, again, that's still not that's still not sandstone either. No, those players could no. be bust. They could change in a year from now. Absolutely, so that's not always a guarantee. It's either, so but. tricky because. It's not like you're trading, but to, never, trying to get the Sedin brothers back to right. back kind of thing. So here's my thing: it's the, the biggest question is where? What's the state of your team? Mm-hmm. If you're like the Flyers, you're literally in limbo right now. I personally, again, think you need a rebuild. So if you're confident enough, where you say, no matter what someone has to offer me, I know we need to pick a fifth overall, and that's possible. But if you know you're willing to trade it for the yeah. right price. I would be willing to hear some teams out because teams get desperate when, when they, you know, especially not necessarily desperate, but it's like someone desperate, but also like the LA Kings, uh, they gave up only Brock Faber and a first round pick for Kevin Fiala's rights. And, but then they signed them. They went uh, from Minnesota. They went quality assets over quantity assets we um, talked they about got this last podcast. Yes, we did. Uh, they got the better quality 
assets in return than quantity for the amount they could have got. So if you're trading fifth overall pick and you're looking to get assets for next year's draft, or even just drop back 10 picks where you know you could still get a decent player to help speed up the the uh, the rebuild and everything, or aggressive retool, which doesn't exist, Chuck, um, I would say they're de- definitely a first-round pick in return, a bare minimum, absolutely. So you're talking... I might have to write this. Want, if it's a if you're trading with the team that already has first round pick uh, immediately, I want that's I want to swap. I want that your first yeah. round pick along with other stuff. But, so so I would say for for this purpose, let's just say fifteenth overall as a yeah, good using Vancouver. good spot. Yeah, yeah. For for Vancouver, so Philadelphia trades um, fifth overall pick while Vancouver trades fifteenth overall pick this year. And again, it, it depends well, on. Vancouver isn't that fun because they don't have a lot of picks. But <laughs> I was about to say, do they have a lot of picks? No, they uh, don't picks. have a second round pick, so you would be out of that. Uh, Maybe, they literally just have one pick in each round. And that's honestly, it. the you only know time who, they have a two picks is round four and you know who could be a good team to trade with is Seattle, for for example, um, where it's essentially they keep the fourth overall pick. But they use a bunch of assets to get the fifth overall pick as well because, um, yeah, I, I, I get it that they need as many picks as possible. But a team like them where they're okay with giving up picks. Maybe I'm trying to think who else. Uh, you know what? How about this one? Uh, Arizona. They have three first-round picks this year, four second-round picks yeah, this year as well. they're third overall. They'd be trading back. <laughs> well, well, no. So, no, so they have um, they've Carolina's pick and uh, Colorado's pick. So that's like mid twenties oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and yeah. thirty something. So thirty two. Because they wanted two top five picks. Right, exactly. Yeah. So so I was gonna say, um, depends on you know your relationship with GM. Uh, it, it's a lot of factors for sure. But um, I would say for a team again, there's just too many factors. I would say if you're confident enough that you're gonna get. And again, next year's draft class is supposed to be deep. I would say get a first round. Ideally, if, if you're okay with banking on the idea that you can get just as talented of a player, if not an even better player with this team's pick for the fifth overall, I would say do that along with a B-plus level prospect. Because again, fifth overall, that's a top five pick still. It's not top 10. It's a top five. So that's a huge difference. So I would say B-level prospect, a first-round pick next year. You could probably throw in, and again, if you're looking for, like Philly is probably an NHL-ready player now, throw in a top-nine player um, maybe, and then I would say for good measure, a a third if not a fourth uh, this year or next year. So I would say you're looking at four assets at a minimum. Yeah, I'd probably probably say I'd probably agree with that. Yeah. Um, what it I would it want, is tricky. It, this is just if, if I was living in a world where good things happened. Um, <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But if I was and I got my like dream, not dream, but realistically like great kind of deal uh, for like a fifth or third overall pick, mm-hmm. I'd want their first overall pick if they have one. A second round pick could be for this one, could be. And next year's a third round pick 
and maybe a prospect or two. Yeah. And if you want, but t- depending on the player and if they're young enough or NHL ready enough, I want an almost NHL ready prospect. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But that's, that was just kind of, a, again, I didn't expect us to talk about it for too long, but I, it was just well, a kind of fun. We've talked about it here, in, like I think at times here and there, here and there in this pocket. It's like, if you were GM, what would you do if you were, if you were in this yeah. position, what would you do with that kind of, kind of situation? Like, obviously we obviously know Jeff's feeling if he was running the flyers right now, he would be rebuilding the flyers. <laughs> And you know what yeah. I would be doing, which is probably not that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My also, eyes are um, on the guy according in to Darren Drager, um, sources say Jacob Milton has agreed to a three year extension with the Minnesota Wild, believed to be an AAV of just over 2.4 mil. I honestly suspect that yeah. because, and we talked about it last week too, just transitioning a little bit here yeah. before we get to our last little topic. Um, I thought there would be more trades. Around now. yeah, because there was just a really just that Fiala trade. We were saying last week that maybe more trades were about to be coming within the week. Because <laughs> Why you mention it? Because Chuck Fletcher uh, <laughs> thought the same thing. Um, and maybe it's a, between now and twenty four hours from now when the draft is. Maybe there's going to be more. I think there's and there probably will be, but yeah, right Here, now. And I, I made a prediction on my buddy's podcast last night. I'm going to say the same prediction again. Alex it has been rumored to be moved at some point. And I think, think back. I think this when the when this big deal happened, it was day two of the draft, the PK Subban Shea Weber deal. I'm pretty sure that's when it happened. It was day two of the draft. It randomly, when I was watching my TV, and at the bottom of the ticker, at the again at the very bottom of the screen, saw PK Subban traded for. Um, However, and then that very same day, within that very same half hour, you also had one for one Adam Hall for, uh, sorry, Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. I'm I'm dragging here. It's awful. Anyway, I think my prediction is I think you'll see. I, I know what you're looking up. Um, I think you'll see Alex Debrinket get traded. You're no. thinking of Flyers legend Adam Hall. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. He says this like 20 bucks says he's going to start looking up uh, Adam Hall, the former flyer. Yes, I will. Because <laughs> I can see you processing it. You're just like, Adam Hall. Adam, the former flyer Adam Hall. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm struggling. Struggle bus is real. Think t- tomorrow is my Friday, so I'm happy. Anyway. Well, not everyone could be Jeffrey freaking Quake. We're going to do. Sue me. No, no, no don't sue me. <laughs> Uh, but no, so I think the Alex DeBrinket trade, if it happens sooner rather than later, I think it's going to be this Saturday. It's going to be day two of the draft. My prediction is, bold prediction, just before we get to our last thing, yep. I think the Flyers actually do trade their fifth or row pick. Again, not for DeBrinket to get a second round pick. I would we'll say back they... and get a second round pick. I think we'll either trade with either maybe Buffalo or um, Arizona, maybe. And we'll tr- and it could it may even be just a cap dump thing too, maybe I doubt it. Yeah, but um, the fires. I, will, I think the fires move back and then 
get us trying well, how to far will they be willing to move back so like for example buffalo picks nine ten is anaheim san jose is 11 columbus is 12 columbus is two first round picks so do you think they would drop back seven spots to get a second round pick and probably something else they have a trade history going back to last year true. trading Atkinson for check and Atkinson. they and also way back to rj umberger for scott hartnell mm-hmm. and both teams realistically next year probably aren't going to be that great. So it's not going to be one of those things where you worry uh, in division wise. Yeah. All righty. Last but not least, uh, you had another question that came I up. I did another funsies question and trying to comes, understand it. And it's been hitting me more. So I kind of get it now. It, it comes to me because, and cause it's off season time and obviously it, it gets a little harder, especially when the fun part of the off season ends. Yeah. That draft free agency and all that kind of cool down and everything. And you're just left with essentially like a month, month and a half left in the mm. off season, which is shorter than it usually is. Um, I would see a lot of, uh, especially on NHL.com, but a lot of people will just start writing if they were doing redrafts and Jeff and I are you no know, stranger to this. I think a couple of years ago, we were doing our own kind of redrafts. I think we did one on 15, we did 17, 2011. 2015, 2012. We've done a few. 2012, yeah, that's what it was. Um, and it always comes back to, and Jeff and I have talked about this a lot of times, where you'll, and a lot of it is just, oh, if this trade was different, if this draft class was different. And the one that sticks up to me now, because I'm thinking about it, right, as the only one that can come up to my head, is the 2017 draft, the Noel Patrick Nisha, Nico Heischer draft. Um, and in that one, they had obviously come a car going first, and I think Mira Heist going to go in second. So yeah. the Flyers would have Heist going in, and the uh, Devils would have McCarr. Um, yeah. And we're both on the mindset of what the teams needed then. And we're both probably on the mindset of they would have gone center. Um, and that, and, and maybe it's just why they do this. And it's a, obviously it's a fancy kind of thing to do. Yeah. I think they're looking at it as like a fantasy, like football draft, where you're essentially trying you to now. get the best player now. available. Essentially, yeah. like if you're unaf- if you're not aware of fantasy football, fantasy hockey, baseball, whatever it is, uh, fantasy sports, where you're drafting, essentially what you're doing is pretty much like a draft, but it's not as in depth. You're just trying to get like if it's football sake, you're getting quarterback, running backs, wide receivers, all those positions. And essentially what you're trying to get at that point is best player available. And then once you get to your bench, just for me, at least it's whoever doesn't have the same eyes, mm. somebody else. Um, but essentially you're still trying to look for best player available. And that's where I think a lot of these redrafts are coming from is if, Oh, if it was like a fantasy draft, like let's see what would happen if there was a redraft of this. But I think there, and this is where the question comes in is fantasy drafts, like doing those redrafts versus actual, like, Entry level drafts for the NHL mm. are two completely different things. And to me, if you're doing these, and not that you have to do it, just because we're very familiar around that time, because the Flyers weren't obviously drafting second overall. Mm-hmm. So you're looking more into that and everything. So maybe that's why we're a little more into that one. But the Flyers were looking for centers there. So it's just, we're looking yeah, so, you no, have to I, go I get with what, what you're saying. Needed at that time so, and yeah. i think when you look at it that way versus yeah looking for best player available which obviously teams do 
especially when you're first overall, the, the typical thing you think is, oh, you're just getting the best player available, which this it's year crazy. maybe Shane I mean, Wright or yeah. Austin Matthews um, or Nico Heischer or whoever. Yeah. Um, they had in this year, Jeff Nolan Patrick dropping down all the way to 27. But either way, like that's just two separate things, and I always kind of get slightly annoyed when I always see these three drafts. I yeah, no, I did one too. where it said, or I remember the one you commented on because it's the 03 draft or something, Rick Nash's draft year. And yeah. they had it was what Ken, Duncan Keith, yeah, Duncan Keith going first, which I said was the three cups. 2000, I think, I think that was the 03 draft, yeah, it was. No, 2002, 2002. Don't listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. So, for example, Rick Nash went first overall, rightfully so. Duncan Keith, I think he went very late. He went second round, 54th overall. Yeah. So, he still would be a first round pick, but not even close to being first overall. Yeah. I would have. I would even have Jay Bowmeister, who rightfully so, went, I think, second there in that draft. Mm-hmm. Still second. So, but no, and again, I'm oh, sorry, he went third. Oh, Kerry Lutton then uh, went second overall to the Atlanta Flames. Oops. Um, but anyway, so no, you, you brought a great point. These redrafts are 100,000. Did you just say Atlanta Flames? Thank you. Uh, Atlanta Thrashers. Thrashers. I, know they, I know they haven't been there I, for a little uh, bit, but you just misplaced... <laughs> The, the NHL. I had not one, not two, five, the AHL three mishaps on on this um on this podcast alone. We need to end this. You need, so you I can need get out of nap, here, sir. But first, seven o'clock. 50, but first, you have to die fifty times in Halo. Oh, but. of course I do, obviously. But no, I. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, no. But so I'm I just get, curious if you're thinking on that front because obviously we're. I think we may be very similar in our thick. I think now it, it took me a while to understand the concept of this question, but then I realized it like once you described like the, when you did because obviously because it, it made more fantasy sense. draft because the main thing of what I told you is fantasy yeah. draft versus real life entry draft. And obviously there's a lot you know, know, I, I was trying to figure out like what you meant by that, but, but again it's making more sense now. Anyway, yeah. so to it's answer like your question when though, you're, you're I would say it. yeah. Uh-huh. So, okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> but when you're playing fantasy football, like if you're first overall pick or third or whatever, mm-hmm. you have an idea who you're going to pick. If it's, if you're right. first, you're probably getting Derek Henry. Let's be honest here. You're yeah. getting a running back. You're looking at for a best player available. Even so you if, get you a lot of points. Yeah. The first, and, and now it also depends on how your league set up. For example, the league I'm in every year, it's absolutely a running back. Like I think last year was Christian McCaffrey, um, yeah, but, either but, way, but, it's typically yeah. like a running back or something like that who you get, or yeah. maybe like a Lamar Jackson, just because he'll get you a lot of points. Right. But either way, it's uh, you you don't necessarily look for positions. You look for best player available, and then once you get that player, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. let's go to this position. Or if you're like in the seventh round, oh, let's look for a quarterback now. Yeah. They all kind it, of score it, around the same. Yeah. So Whereas I would the say NHL, or when you're looking at as other professional leagues, you have to take into account what your team needs at that time not only what the flyers needed then is kind of similar to what the flyers need now which is center d center and d's great so yeah that really is they're good on the wingers just not centering defense it's a (laughs) 
continuing story that never seems to end. Um, But to answer your first question about the Flyers in the 2017 redraft, they probably would take it Pedersen. Um, If not worst case scenario, Kale McCarr, if he doesn't go for a silver all, because, you know, there are scouts like to McCarr. Hextall, for whatever reason, wanted Nolan Patrick instead. So you haven't said, I I think it was off podcast and it's not like it's an unknown thing Mm. where, um, Noah Patrick for a while was kind of thought of for a while. For a I while, think his like name, he was the one I can think of out of the recent history of first or uh, the last couple of drafts. I think if where, you like, go back to twenty fourteen, twenty fourteen even, and looking at the two thousand seventeen draft, two or three years in the future, his name was still top. Yeah, pick, he was going to be. He was going to be top pick. He was going to be first overall pick. First overall pick. You thought, oh, and literally, then he started getting injured. Certain injuries yeah. were keeping him from that. And then the Devils went Heaster, and Heaster isn't a bad player at all. He's not. He's he was my preferred pick anyway into those his 2017 draft. Um, nothing against Patrick. It's just Heaster was a more complete player at the time. Unfortunately for Patrick, he's you know Heaster is clearly still the better player, but also a huge part of Patrick's unfortunate career. I think he's only what 23, and yet he has probably played in less than 100 games in the NHL, which is hard to believe. If I guess, I don't know his exact stat stat line, but um, no, Patrick is 23. He has played in that that, that doesn't help me. (laughs) While you're looking at he's played over two seven, he's played over 100 games. Yeah, well, there you go. He doesn't feel like that. 222. There you go. There's more than you and I probably have played in NHL video games. So, definitely. There you go. Anyway, um, but to answer your main question, though, it definitely is a very big difference. That's why I hate these redrafts. Excuse me, these redrafts. Um, like the one I and the reason why I bring up this conversation is because specifically because I saw you tweet out about the Rick Nash. You know, Rick one, Nash yeah. is definitely still going to go first overall. One hundred percent. I know Duncan he, he's he's a player. Blackhawks, but still, a franchise. He he's one of those franchise building players. Yeah, like he he's a guy he, that you can literally build. Columbus tried to build around him, but they failed miserably. Yeah. So, uh, and my other thinking here is, fantasy draft wise, best player available at almost all times. Mm-hmm. NHL wise, you could go best player available, or, or just sports in general, uh, sports drafts. You could go best player available, um, but I think it more so falls between, like you said earlier, what are your team's biggest needs. Um, where are, for, you know, hockey, for example, and for even football, you could, and really baseball, it's like, okay, look, here are the positions Baseball's that different are there's a bunch of rounds. There's that, more rounds true. than anything else. So you can, that, that's get, a very good point. You have a handful of players. Get. Yeah. Okay. So, so but we'll say football and, and either way, uh, you're still looking hockey. for specific positions for baseball. Right. Yeah, you just have a lot very more rounds to work position. With. Yeah, that, that's fair. Very specific position overall. Um, and with that being said, um, I think hockey is probably one of the sports there that they probably listen to their scouts almost more than any, or, or again, they get the scouts intake more than any other sport because they travel literally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, 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 that's how I kind of see it. It's at, at I least think, I think it's a toss up between that and baseball, but I agree. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So there's that. Um, yeah, that's, 
pretty much all I got. Um, looking forward to the next Underachievers podcast. Uh, yeah, we nine. actually may have a couple topics. I may actually Expedia? have a topic, so. including uh, return of our uh, you know, unofficial official critiques. Uh, yeah. So, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens Monday. Something uh, tells me then, it's going to be us and Matt instead of Brian on Monday. Yeah, we'll see. Find out. So maybe we'll have another special guest. So with that, we'll see you next time and next time, uh, hockey podcast.